Hello there, and welcome to the Prickly Things Podcast, the show where we are open and honest about everyday life in hopes to empower, motivate, and inspire you. So listen close, because we all love a good story. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my storytime series here on the Prickly Things Podcast. I am your host, Sandra Camacho, and I'm super excited to be here today. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram at the Prickly Things Podcast to see the behind the scenes moments from our recordings and get to see pictures and videos from our guests. And um, without further ado, today's episode is very special because I have the pleasure of connecting with an old friend. Joining me all the way from Austin, Texas is Angel Marin. What do you do, baby? <laughs> How are you? Good. And you are in Austin, right? Because I was yeah, like- yeah. I'm I'm in Austin. Hung out with Susie a couple times out here. Uh, real good friend, and uh, definitely there when I need her, and vice versa. Uh, I love it out here. It's fun. Way different from El Paso. Yeah, and really that's different. where we met. Like we, you, and I met mm-hmm. in El Paso, and. Um, just reconnecting like before getting on and, and starting recording this episode like seeing your face mm-hmm. pop on the camera and I'm like Angel like I feel like it's been so long since I physically yeah. seen you I don't know yeah, where no, we seriously. left off like you and I were really close oh, man. way back when yeah we're talking about like my freshman year in college through I don't know you left when I was probably a junior when did you graduate I graduated uh in 18 summer of 18 May Okay, so me too. We graduated together. We graduated together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, um, I had to, I, I changed my major like midway. So I changed from graphic design to uh, marketing and I just basically had to start all over. Um, so I graduated, you know, in six years, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, we graduated together. Yeah, yeah. I think different. Yeah. Same graduation, different graduation. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Honestly, it was all a blur. I mean, the whole thing yeah, from it. Crazy. And <laughs> it was just afterwards, it's like, okay, deuces, right? Because like, it was, yeah. that was it. You bye. And yeah. I, I've been able to go back to El Paso, like here and there. I think um, I'm, I'm going back this summer. My sister's going to El Paso now. So she's, she's I saw, that's exciting. You saw her? Like, what do you mean you saw? What are no, you no, I saw your, your posts on Instagram and oh, everything. Okay, okay, Facebook. okay. I was like, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? You seen her? No, they've stopped her. She's told me that they've stopped her on campus and saying, hey, are you Sandra's sister? And she's like, yeah, random people. And I'm like, wow, damn. That's crazy. Because we look alike. I don't know. <laughs> people say we look alike, but um, I know yeah. they have stopped her and they're like, yeah, this, this girl asked if I was your sister. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like, did you know her name? She's yeah. like, no. I was like, okay, so yeah, I mean, my, my little my little brother gets the same thing, but it's not that we look alike, but it's the name. Like there's very few Marines in El Paso. And as soon as he goes anywhere, um, like they're all like, wait, wait, are you are you brothers to Angel or Leslie? And I'm like, Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. It's so, like either it's cool. a good or bad thing, Angel. Like, I don't know how to yeah, feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 the reckless one for sure. Yeah, they're no. the calm ones. <laughs> oh, no, uh, but definitely again, cool. just taking the opportunity to reconnect with you. And again, as we're oh, yeah. featuring you here on this episode and and on the podcast, I mean, I was really excited when you reached out and um, yeah. hearing back from you and everything that you've been doing. I mean, I've heard from other people like, yeah, Angel's in Austin. He's doing this and doing that. But really, mm-hmm. from you, you know.
you know, like it's been a yeah. long time and <laughs> I wanted to definitely um, thank you for sharing this space with me and coming on. Um, if you've heard any of the episodes, I mean, I think uh, oh, yeah. we are sharing stories of people doing amazing things and talking about yeah. things that, you know, it's about being open and honest about everything going on in our mm-hmm. lives. Right. So yeah, definitely. Um, you're coming to us sharing this space to cover a topic that is often still considered taboo like let's talk about that you know like the topic that we're covering today is mental health and for a lot of us still in our adult stage as you know you and I coming into our early adult lives it's still something that we don't hear about enough right definitely yeah and and especially um you know it's it's one of those topics that people say uh you know if you're suffering from mental health like um oh well that's that's a girl thing that's a female thing or you know when when it's not it affects everybody it affects you it affects me it affects everybody at some point you know in your life you know with anxiety depression um, anything really but yeah uh you know thank you for having me and letting me you know tell this story and just kind of share I guess my point of views my thoughts and my story so (laughs) yeah so let's get to it tell me how's everything been okay first of all starting from today like how's Mm -hmm. everything been for you right now um you know it's life it's a roller coaster it has its ups and downs um it's never gonna be perfect and it's never gonna be you know terribly wrong even though we really uh sometimes feel like everything's going wrong uh but right now I mean everything's everything's good you know I'm got a roof I got I got food I got clothes um got friends family so I can't really complain um but yeah everything everything uh as well COVID really um you know did a lot on me for sure especially I'm very social you know I can make friends with everybody you know the new the new graduates would come in to tour minor village and you know it was my we were minor my, ambassadors yeah. oh exactly shout out we to the minor ambassador we program yeah, <laughs> shout out. I know. um no definitely like I'm a very social person and you know COVID really uh did a number on me with that um but prior to that um you know, it's, I've been, I've been dealing and, uh, working with myself and dealing with like, um, I don't want to say, well, some depression, uh, mainly anxiety. Um, and it all, it all kind of started like in 2018. I don't know. I don't know if you knew or not, but, uh, my, my sister, you know, unfortunately, uh, passed away from one day to the next. Like it was very unexpected, uh, that was terrible. Her and I were really close. You know, she was the person I could go to and talk to. She, you know, she was three years older than I was, uh, two years older than I was. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was really hard. And it still is, you know, not, not being uh, able to like reach out to her, or hang out with her, go have a beer with her, go watch baseball with her. We were, you know, she was a Dodgers fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. And uh, that was actually like our, our last conversation. She she was like, hey, like Thursday night, let's go watch, um, you know, the Dodgers play the Giants since, you know, they're rivals. I'm like, all right, look, like, let's go. We'll get a beer at this bar, watch the game. Cool. And literally like four or five hours later after that conversation, like my mom's calling me that uh, my sister had a seizure and it, it led her to go into like cardiac arrest and. Um, they had to like do perform CPR and I, I can't even imagine 
you know, um, what my mom went through and, and my dad, cause they were there and my mom was giving my sister CPR, you know, and like, that's tough on, on anybody. Uh, but you know, for, for your own parent, you know, as a parent to do that to your child, it's tough. And, um, you know, medics got there, they're able to, you know, resuscitate her. Um, uh, but she did go a couple minutes without oxygen. So like, you know, she got a not, uh, I think it's called anoxa brain or a mox. I, I don't remember, but basically she was, a uh, uh, brain dead. Like there was no activity. And so she was in a coma. Uh, they, they put her in a, uh, like, uh, they put her in a coma. Like they, they did it. Uh, you know, they, they were induced uh, coma, check, induced coma. Yeah. They were checking her vitals, checking how she was doing. And she was on in that coma for uh, two days, and they uh, they're like, "Well, let's see if, she, if you know she responds. She's not responding to any of the tests, but let's try waking her up." And as they were waking her up, her body just went into a cardiac rest, and uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes of CPR. You know, they couldn't bring her back no more. So that was very tough. And I was uh, it's crazy, it's crazy, Sandra. When I tell you, like, I I was there. Uh, you know, when my when she was going into cardiac, when she went to cardiac arrest and they're giving her CPR in the hospital. I remember the temperature. I remember the smell. I remember the sounds like everything. It's, it's crazy how like traumatic something like that, you know, it sticks with you. And, um, you know, uh, I, I struggled for the longest. And I think, uh, you know, when that happened, uh, my mom hugged me and she told me like, you need to be strong for me and your dad. So I didn't have time to grieve for like days. And it wasn't until my best friend, uh, he flew in from Travis, Travis Air Force Base uh, in California, which is right outside San Francisco. He flew in and he texted me, hey, I'm outside. And I went outside and like, I just hugged him and you know, I broke down. That was like the first time I got to cry and let it all out. And it was like three days. So it was kind of tough. Um, it still is. You can hear my voice. It's kind of cracking, you know, but, um, you know, something like that is very traumatic. And that's actually, she's actually the reason I moved out here to Austin. Um, because literally like a week before that event happened, I came to Austin to, uh, just hang out with my cousin that I have out here in North Austin. Uh, you know, came to hang out with them, see what's up. And, uh, you know, I told my sister when I got back and she's like, yeah, you should, you should move out there. Cause I, I told her I was thinking about applying for jobs and maybe move out here. And, I mean, I did, but uh, at the time, you know, I was telling her and she was like, you should. Uh, and her best friend lives out here. And I grew up with her best friend too. She grew up with us. I grew up together. Um, so she's like, yeah, I could go visit you and I could go visit a kid and we'll all hang out or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, after that passed, um, you know, the whole situation, um, I literally waited a couple months, saved up, you know, some money and literally packed my car and moved out here. And that was, you know, the whole the whole move is also stressful because like, you don't know, you're going to a new city, you're doing nothing, uh, nothing, something you've never done before. Exactly. And like, yeah, I had family and my cousins who I was staying with, but like, I didn't have a job. I had enough money for like two months of rent and stuff. So it was like, uh, it was kind of on the fly, you know? 
and all that stress and anxiety like it, everything builds up especially what I what I was going through but uh anyways um fast forward got a right after college I had the internship with Coca-Cola I heard um, about that I heard yeah, about that, that. you fun. shared about that and and while yeah. we're <laughs> talking about like all of this that you're going through we're talking about you said 2018 right yeah 2018 was a big year we just talked about us graduating in 2018 like you were leading up to graduation we talked about being busy being super involved in college I mean when I met you again going back to freshman year myself when I met you you were already an RA you were Mm -hmm. highly involved within the university like within your job and volunteering and and again being part Mm -hmm. of so many things I would have never imagined that at this time, when you're telling me everything that you went through, mm-hmm. again, everything was a blur from from 2018. But looking at you, I would have been, I would have never imagined what you were going through until yeah. now that you're telling me, right? Because during yeah. the time, if I remember, I don't remember ever seeing you sad or seeing you, yeah, yeah. like. I always saw you the same, like happy, excited, yeah. outgoing. And talk to me about that. Like, what was going yeah. on? So, like I said, everybody deals with anxiety, depression, and everything they're going through, uh, you know, a different way. And my way, and, you know, it's not always the healthiest because my way of coping is, all right, don't think about it, distract yourself, you know? And sometimes you know, you get lost in what you're doing that when that comes to an end, now you're, fe- you're left with your feelings and everything that you've kind of built up and like pushed aside. And then, you know, when it comes to an end, I'm like, okay, well now I got to do this to distract myself again. And like, it just builds up, builds up until like, you know, eventually, you know, just like a soda can, you keep shaking it, it's going to pop off. Um, so I honestly, I don't think I actually dealt with it until like last year, like everything that ever like built up, always distracted myself, always, you know, did things that, you know, kept me busy, kept my mind off of things and not deal with it. And um, a big part of it is that, uh, you know, I would, I would try to talk about it with people and it's always like, Oh, you're, you know, I don't know if I can cuss or not. I don't know. Yeah, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Go ahead. <laughs> I yeah. was just like, I, I would reach out to someone, especially like my best friend and him and I, I'm, you know, close, you know, we're so close. But at the time I would come up to him and be like, hey, you know, um, kind of try to ease topics into our conversations. And his response was like, oh, stop being a little bitch. Like, just, just grow up. Like, you're fine or whatever. But I never actually like, sat him down and been like this is what I'm dealing with this is what I'm feeling it's kind of like you know try to talk about things but but um yeah now he's there and you know he's a great support system and just someone uh I can definitely go to and uh definitely called him out and be like you know it sucks that I can't talk to you because every time I do you don't take it serious or you joke around about it or you say this and that and it's just frustrating, you know, that, you know, my best friend doesn't want to hear me out. And, um, you know, I joke around a lot. He jokes around a lot. And we now we're at this point where like, 
if something serious is happening, we ask each other, like, all right, is it serious or can we joke? And, you know, it's it's just open communication like that. And I'll be like, no, this is serious. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, he won't joke, and you know, which is healthy, I think, you know. Um, but, yeah, just I distract myself. And that's what uh, it's one of the that's that's what a lot of men tend to do. Uh, with depression and I kind of I kind of have this little outline of things you know I want to go over and and topics yeah 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 no definitely (laughs) bring them on and and I'm just like hearing you out right trying to understand because the first thing that you mentioned was the contrast right between Mm -hmm. signs of depression anxiety loneliness that you see as a woman or as a female versus a male and I think like in my own personal like experience right Mm -hmm. like going through college if I remember going through college was a lot like as a female it was a lot like how many times did you and I and other of our (laughs) RAs would like vent in the middle of the night I don't know if you remember those times those were like my favorite best times when we would just lock ourselves (laughs) in a room and just talk about everything that we're going through and cry to each other and yeah nobody's gonna ever take away those moments from us but like they were like the best (laughs) Like you're just breaking down with each other, but going through everything, but this is just like college in general. Then you have Mm -hmm. everything coming on with life and your parents and your siblings and, and everything that that's going on. College was a time that you learned to develop yourself and like learn who Mm -hmm. you are and and what you are. Therapy was available to us during college. Mm -hmm. And I think for me as a female, that's when I really realized like, I don't need to be going through something major to seek for help, like in therapy related, right. To have somebody to talk to. And, uh, the university did a really good job oh, at, definitely. Uh, providing that space to talk mm-hmm. to a health provider, uh, or yeah, mental health provider. But at the same time, it's like, you're highlighting those differences of like what depression, anxiety diagnosed yeah. or not diagnosed, because a lot of it can be not mm-hmm. diagnosed or you know you're sad you're feeling this way you can't get a diagnose like a diagnosis right away mm-hmm. right because it takes time yeah it takes a yeah. lot of things to to get to those diagnoses but for the same time that doesn't mean that your feelings of depression anxiety mm-hmm. are not valid right so mm-hmm. that comparison based on like my own experience to what you're saying I cannot yeah. imagine as we talked about like macho culture right or like male yeah. culture and how this relates to you uh, do you want to start there yeah so um like a lot of us uh on the show and a lot of like people we went to college with like i um spent a lot of my years in mexico uh in juarez there you know in el rancho with my grandpa and everything so that was fun i love it i I love that song i love it (laughs) (laughs) but you know um uh especially my my grandpa was very like machista like hands down like you know in my grandma never lifted anything outside he never like uh did anything with cattle anything like it was always me my grandpa my uncles were outside uh doing all the work while you know the women were inside cleaning cooking all that taking care of the kids and everything you know how, how traditional mexican culture is and you know which I grew up with thinking that's the norm and, you know, especially going, um, you know, when things would happen, uh, you'd be sad or whatever. You're the only solution is like, deal with it. 
like that's all they ever tell you like deal with it like man up and um which is unhealthy quite honestly <laughs> because you can't talk about it and if you don't talk about it um uh you know you you release it, your frustrations and everything in uh horrible ways and unfortunately especially in mexican culture um you know the statistics for domestic violence are higher because of these things because of the machismo and people don't want to talk about their feelings or go to therapy or you know really take care of themselves or mental health and it leads to a lot of um you know, domestic violence, verbal abuse to, Aggression. you know, exactly. Yeah. And, and we saw, we saw an increase in cases here in the U S during COVID and throughout the world in general, because now they're stuck inside and they don't like men that have never like, um, talked about their feelings or, or ever really had to deal with that. Don't know how to deal with it or, you know, just anxiety and depression and frustration and you know cases of domestic violence skyrocketing in the u.s they were at their all-time high and you know it's sad but um there's there's this uh one website it's called mantherapy.org and it's very it's it's towards everybody like it's welcoming to everybody but it is definitely a website for for men uh you know gay straight whatever the case is to go go on there and check out resources and there's a there's a couple things on there that I I think stuck out to me the most and like you know starting with depression you know their their definition is it's a serious illness yet treatable mental health disorder that can affect any man no matter how keen his sense of direction is Uh, while depression is often associated with sadness and hopelessness it often manifests itself in fits of rage unnecessary risks taking and alcohol or drug abuse in men so that's that's um you know it sucks because men do the more like you know they've never dealt with it or talked about it and you know, like it said, fits of rage to get angry. And that's something I've, I've noticed, uh, especially growing up, my dad doesn't talk to anybody about it. He deals with it, stays quiet. Um, but he is like an angry person, gets frustrated so easily about certain things. And sorry for all those noises, my dog playing with his friends. I can't wait to meet your dog. No, it's okay. I, got I can't two wait dogs. to meet him. You got two. Oh my god, I got you're gonna two. have to show them to I me. I know definitely. One's a nine-pound Yorkie and one's a seventy-five-pound Australian Shepherd. And I don't know how, but he just turned on the TV. Hold on. <laughs> you're <laughs> Hold fine. On you're fine. <laughs> All right, this is one of them. Real quick. Oh, she's a Yorkie. Oh, she's so cute. What's her, her name? Her name's Ginger. Oh, Ginger. Oh, look at her. She's <laughs> oh. <laughs> heavier than Canelo. you. Oh, my God. I love the name. Oh, that is so cute. What a comparison. Oh. You got this big old dog. And that's kind of little thing. Oh, that's I know. so cute. And they're, be- they're best of friends. That's Canelo. Oh. So. That's so cute. Um. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, going back to it, um, one of the things I love about this website is that they really break down everything and they make you feel welcome and explain things in the sense that don't make you feel small or like, like less of a man, you know, if you want to, you know, per se. And um, they go over like, what to look what to look out for 
when you know a man is depressed physically uh men are persistent you know they're persistent to pain oh my god this guy <laughs> is it canelo yeah he looks like he'd be the one making all the noise i don't see oh yeah <laughs> hurting a fly no she's she's laying down he's on with the frisbee and running around he wants to play oh yeah <laughs> but um no yeah so like you know what to look out for physically you know men are persistent pain uh tend to have loss of energy loss of sex drive changes in appetite um you know they're exhausted sleep patterns change they're restless and they tend to like abuse alcohol and drugs and emotionally you know they feel guilty they feel angry or violent they lose interest in the hobbies they had uh feeling sad or nervous feeling alone taking unnecessary risks uh, thinking about death or suicide and you know a, a lot of them um like i said just people don't know why they're feeling what they're feeling or whatever you know and depression definitely um affects men and women differently and the way they say it here and the way they compare it is men uh depressed men tend to blame others and women tend to blame themselves and internalizing you know, everything <laughs> yes i'm familiar with that yeah and you know um you know and it's funny because like going through this website I, I i realized like a lot of things i do are explained on here I'm, you know i just thought is you know um how do i say i i had been noticing you know changes in in my behavior i you know more i'm more short fused i get angry i get annoyed um you know and i never knew why i'm just like all right well like I, i'm just getting old or whatever i'm becoming my dad or something <laughs> but like it, it's all these things and like like i said like man and you know men feel angry uh they get irritated and ego inflated while women feel sad apathetic and worthless um and you know it's just we we approach it differently and one that really stuck out to me <laughs> i'm a huge baseball guy i love baseball um one of them is that men tend to use alcohol tv and sports to self-medicate and i've been i've been in a baseball league out here it's a sandlot league uh real cool it's fun i love it but it's just like well, shit, all we do at these games and practice, like, we drink beer and play baseball. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It, it, you have that camar- uh, camaraderie and, um, you know, that, that league's not just men. Uh, there's some some females on there, too, which are really good. Some of them are better than I am. It's kind of scary. Like, this girl can throw a good, like, 85-mile-per-hour fastball. I'm like, I, that's kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no. But, I'm a fan just by hearing the name, <laughs> like the Sandlot League. Is that the name or yeah. like that's what so you call it's it? Ca- it's called, it's, it's a Sandlot League, but it's called the Sandlot Revolution. Oh, which oh is, even which better. Is, yeah, is yeah, it's, it's Rodriguez awesome. there? It's, like, tell me. <laughs> right? No, no, it's real cool. Uh, it, it was a side note. It was started by this guy out here. He bought land and literally built a field with his friends because they just wanted to play and they were feeling nostalgic. So he built a, a field on his land. And then built like little um, seats, like little uh, bleachers 
or friends and family to come hang out. And then some of the friends were like, well, I invited my friends to play. Now we have more players. Let's start our second team. And it started off with two teams. And now, like, it, it was started here in Austin, Texas. And now there's over, like, like 25 teams throughout the U.S. Like, there's people, there's uh, teams in New Orleans, Washington, Cali, Oklahoma. Like, it, it's kind of fun. It's cool. And, like, they'll travel out here with the team. And they'll play like weekend games, so it's real fun. But uh, that yeah, sounds so like a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I love it. But like all these little things, you know that that they know is like men do uh, sports, TV, all that stuff. It's like things that which a lot of it is not bad, you right? Know. When you're talking about yeah. playing a sport, that's healthy. Like you're out there, you're being active, mm-hmm. you're you know taking your aggression, sometimes hitting when you get upset and you want to hit at something getting yeah. the bat and hitting the ball like that's release and those, those like uh what is it called escapes right like the, yeah. they seem healthy but when you turn it around mm. and you're involving alcohol you're involving drugs yeah. like that's where it can get a little bit dangerous yeah and, and there's a difference between having a beer to there playing baseball with your friends and getting plastered like getting drunk you know there's a huge difference and and it sucks and it happens but I I think uh as men and like you know if I were to see one of you know one of my friends on the team constantly like going to the games or practices and he's constantly getting drunk like I'd like to say that I'd be like hey man like is everything cool like you know, you drink, then you drive home and, you know, things like that, you know. So I, I'd like to say that I'd, I'd be one to reach out. Uh, but, you know, we never know how we'll act in certain situations. But, um, you know, things that cause um, a lot of, you know, depression, anxiety, or things like life transitions. So sometimes like things happen, like COVID, boom, it happened out of nowhere. And it didn't just affect you. It didn't just affect me. It affected the whole world. You know, everybody, like, I caught COVID. That thing sucked. Angel. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. How did and, it go? Um, You know, I mean, on it, I mean, I'm alive, so it went better for me than a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately for me, but unfortunately for other people. Um, but it, I don't know, I don't know at what point I caught it. Um, I think it was one of my coworkers or something, but... I was, I was with Coca-Cola and my job was like doing field marketing and I, I would visit like 30 to 60 accounts a week, like all over Central Texas, specifically like all the Home Depots, Best Buys and do uh, like displays and everything for them. And, you know, I go in, there's all these people, speak with managers, employees. So I can honestly, like, I, I don't know where I caught it. But, you know, then my, my roommate caught it. And, yeah, like, you know, in your mind, you, you have that, you have a, you get that feeling of what if, like, what if I die? Because you don't know, you know, you don't know. And, like, me, I always struggle with, like, respiratory issues. So I was very, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And oh, I, it, it was kind of crazy. Just having that thought in like, your head. Yeah, exactly. That, how, that, that helplessness. And, like, it weighs on you, you know, and, and um, it sucks because the body, the mind is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful weapon. Uh, that's why like there's placebos. You take, so, you, you take a sugar pill 
and your body thinks like, oh, okay, like I'm well, I'm healthy, you know, and it's crazy how strong the mind is. And a lot of times, like just starting to think, you know, oh, like I'm going to die from this. I'm going to die. Like you shoot yourself into like this weird phase and your body like can literally start dying. Like it's kind of crazy, but you know, that just more anxiety added on top of to on top of just staying in and not being able to go anywhere. And it, it sucks, you know, um, especially since I had started, literally I started baseball a month before COVID and then we had our first game and a week later, everything shut down, everything. So yeah, I heard um, Austin had it pretty bad. Like, I mean, I'm in Dallas and I mean, it was pretty yeah. bad here, but physically we're all working remotely. And then I keep hearing like, yeah, Austin is not getting back like physically because they're getting shutdowns after shutdowns after shutdowns. Mm-hmm. Like I think for the longest time we were waiting on Austin to be cleared, but there was no clearance. Yeah. Like you guys just kept getting shut down. And I was like, is it that bad? Yeah. And it's it's kind of crazy for a city as liberal as Austin to be one of the worst ones because people don't want to stay inside and they're frustrated or whatever. And um, it, it sucks, you know, but um, you know, that's just a whole bunch of stress that was added uh, to me, to my mom. And like, not just that, but like I, I was sick and I got a text message into our group chat from like my close friend in El Paso. We, we have this group chat and he texted us saying like, hey, like, I love you guys, this and that. Like, and we're like, all right, that's really weird of him because he never really re- reaches out unless like, oh, let's go out. Or, like, he's not really a big texter. But for him to be like, you know, I love you guys. I appreciate all of you, this and that. I, I called him on the side and uh, I talked to him. And he was in the hospital with COVID and he was on a ventilator. And the reason he had reached out was because the doctor straight up told him, hey, start contacting your friends and family because we don't think you're going to make it. And like having the thought, like having COVID and then a friend having COVID as well, um, like at the same age, you know, the same age and everything, I'm like, oh man, like. Uh, like first of all it's sad because you know you know he's my homie he's my, he's my friend and I'm 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 nervous and I'm scared for him uh but at the same time I'm also thinking like uh like am I headed down that like do I you know I, I was do I start sick. saying goodbye <laughs> yeah like it, it was scary and then and then they got through like uh, another thing um once that happened my other friend Hector so his name was David the one that called uh, the first guy to call us our other friend Hector called as well he had COVID and and that was when El Paso like one out of every like five or six people in El Paso had COVID so he had it and he he's had all all these like health problems stomach infections like his whole life uh well not his whole life but like for the last like six seven years he's been dealing with this stuff and he also called me and called the group and basically also saying goodbye and I told him, like, dude, don't even think like that. Like, go to the, go to the hospital, you know, call a doctor, do what you need to do. Um, and he, you know, fortunately, he made it. But unfortunately, his grandpa, who he lived with, passed away. And, like, he had to give him being infected with COVID, feeling sick, had to give his grandpa CPR and everything, too. Like, it, it was, you know, all these things. And, you know, I knew them. I knew the man as well. It's just all these things add up and you don't really take the time to like deal with it 
especially during COVID, like, you know, now you start thinking and, you know, I'm clear, I'm good. I'm, you know, I made it out and, you know, we're still in COVID, but then you start thinking like, all right, well, I'm healthy, you know, but now I'm sad and depressed and anxious and like you have all these feelings. But then the way I would look at it is, okay, I'm anxious and everything, but I'm lucky to be alive. So I can't complain. I, I got to deal with it and I can't complain because there's people out here dying, like literally. So it's it's one of those other things that like I bottled up, like, all right, whatever. I made it out and I never dealt with it. Did David but, make it out okay? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, both oh. friends made it out. And like, thank God. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he, he's totally fine. Uh, but that was a big eye opener for him. And like, he's kind of on track to a healthier life because you know he's a bigger guy um and you know good for him uh but you know it just sucks at the time you're dealing with this and knowing like you may lose friends you know kind of you were at that moment in your life when you're like almost saying goodbye and like again how do you process that like first of all being the person doing it but also like you receiving that information again when you you hit one of the mm-hmm. points um, about you know triggers that you know mm-hmm. cause uh, yeah. depressions, anxieties, and everything, and so one of them was l- major life events. Losing a yeah. friend is a major life event. Almost losing your life is a major yeah. life event. Like, <laughs> these are yeah, really traumatic experiences that are really affecting in you and as a friend, as a as a family member, as a brother. You know everything you need to learn how to cope with that now yeah with everything going on you are trying to survive you're on survival mode (laughs) for yourself and you're also looking out for your friends making sure like hey don't think like that like that's a lot yeah no it definitely is and uh my mom uh my friend hector knows my family everything we went to middle school high school and you know to this day uh you know one of my closest friends and I called my mom as soon as I hung up with him because he was like also like sad and and like tired and everything and he was also saying like I don't think I'm gonna make it man like you know whatever I'm like nah don't even talk like that like let me make some calls and what sucks for, for him and his family is that his other family, like healthy family, didn't want to help him out. So no one would take him groceries. No one would do anything. So I called my mom right away, you know. And as soon as I got on the phone with my mom, like, I broke down. I'm like, I don't think Hector's going to make it because I know his health, you know, issues too. And I'm like, you know, he's got COVID. His family's not helping him out. And wants to take um, electrolytes, food, nothing. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just kind of, I, I broke down. Like, I freaked out, you know. And my mom's like, don't worry about it. Like, let me call him. So she called him. And for like the entire time of COVID for like two weeks, my mom cooked breakfast, took him lunch and dinner, like for my friend, his grandma and grandpa who, you know, all had COVID. And, um, you know, they, when uh, Hector's grandpa passed away, you know, my, well, my mom, you know, knew about it to tell my mom and it's like, um you know like it, it's just hard because you're you, like also on my mom like she's helping him out and for one day to go and be like he passed away I was like oh shit like like he was just here yesterday I left y'all food on the porch and anything like it is you know it, it, it's a lot on on people and you know 
medical staff and everybody it's kind of crazy yeah and it's a lot to deal with like the realization of our own mortality right like i think that's i mean human beings you know animals i don't think they're aware of their own mortality i think us as people we are and knowing that we can die at any time like we've lived our whole life thinking hey what is it yolo you only live once just do it live life enjoy because you don't know if Mm -hmm. you're going to be here tomorrow but when it comes to that reality of like you're at the bridge of a terrible illness and you're at the bridge mm-hmm. of like, I don't know how my body's going to react to this. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, get through this and mentally preparing for something like death. Mm-hmm. They tell you, you should be prepared because you and I and everyone can mm-hmm. be here today and not be here yeah. tomorrow. Right. But yeah. damn, definitely being in that near death situation, I cannot imagine yeah what that would be like and i'm so sorry and again our hearts yeah. go out to everyone hearing yeah, this episode definitely. that was affected by covid uh definitely. personally i mean now with the vaccines and everything i think it's helping us but even then i feel like there's been a lot of cases that are coming up that have been vaccinated there's a new delta um, yeah the variant the, yeah the, yeah the variant so now there's a lot more going on with it that yeah. it's still freaky so Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and uh, he's barking at the people walking by. <laughs> um, no, definitely. And, you know, it sucks uh, what we're going through. And, um, you know, especially, I mean, a, a lot more freedom now than at the time. But, at you know, when we were on lockdown, like, what, what do we do? Like, ooh yeah we got to find something to distract ourselves and you know uh, release our frustration and everything but we can't really go anywhere do anything Uh, especially me like with baseball I'm like uh, I was really sad you know it sucked but um you know made it out and uh yeah but yeah like I said go like looping it back like live transitions anything can happen from one day to the next and you know and and when it comes to men uh the way um you can notice you know life transitions even if even if you don't notice you going through this transition you can you can um you can be going through something and not even notice it right and like things to look out for especially in men is like you know you feel more lazy than normal uh you know you feel physical weakness your your sleep patterns change uh you're restless you're increasing drugs and alcohol and like emotionally um you're again your irate you get irritated easily you're on the edge all the time you're nervous you have tension you're lonely you know you feel overwhelmed feeling out of place so it's all these things to kind of like look out for um you know and and just kind of like acknowledge it and there there's this one thing that that sues uh, that stuck with me that Sue said and she she didn't even say it to me we uh we were we were walking home once from a night out and we this guy was walking behind us and he and he kind of like comes up to us and he's like hey um do y'all mind if I walk with y'all and he, he was a little drunk and you know we're like yeah like we we're a little like on the edge like who's this guy you know but uh as we're walking he he starts telling us like i really appreciate y'all let me walk with y'all and he kind of like starts break breaking down and like crying and like and we're like oh man like this guy's going through something and 
you know, we're all there talking and it, it was crazy because we're all we were walking back to my place and he was kind of walking that same direction, like on the same street. So I'm like, oh, like, let's walk together. Like, you know, and he was telling us his life and what happened and everything. And, um, but anyways, he uh, Suze told him this one thing. And to this day, I, I basically I. I hear it in my head at least like once a day and like replay it. And she told the guy like, acknowledge your feelings and feel what you're feeling. You know, it's important to acknowledge what you're feeling. And it's just like, I don't think we, we really do that, uh, especially men. And I've caught myself doing that where I start feeling a certain way. I'm like, nah, forget about it. Like distract yourself. Don't even think about it. Don't think about it. And, you know, the studies show that men tend to, not acknowledge your feeling as much as women and it's just i think it's literally the culture that you know the world has and not just in the u.s or mexico but like everywhere like you know the man provides and they're supposed to be strong and mentally there um you know but definitely that that's something that that sue said that just stuck with me so (laughs) that is i mean again just acknowledging and that's a reality Mm -hmm. for everyone right male or female anything that you're going through and anybody listen to this episode and and kind of educating ourselves more on on the signs of depression anxiety and and mental health awareness right this whole episode isn't it's covering that but at the same time anyone that's going through something Mm -hmm. that is difficult definitely breakdowns happen all the time right like you talk about like it's okay to break down and also it's breakdown and breakthrough because take your moment to feel take your moment to cry take your moment to let it out. Mm. If you need to yell, I've been wanting to do that, that, um, breaking dish thing where you go to a place and oh, you break dishes. Yeah. I've been wanting <laughs> to do that just to see what it feels like. Cause I feel like it's yeah. really cool, but, um, definitely take the time to acknowledge what you're feeling, whether it's happiness, whether it's like sadness, whether it's loneliness definitely. and then try to work out, you know, through something that's like for yeah. you, it's baseball, right? Like, being yeah. with other people, talking to someone. If me, I've called Susie. And as we're talking about Susie, Susie is our friend in common. She's the graphic designer mm-hmm. for the Prickly Things podcast. <laughs> and so um, shout out to Susie. And if, how many times have I called Susie to say, hey, Susie, like I'm in a funk. Funks. We call them funks. Male yeah. or female. We go through these phases mm-hmm. where you just don't know. You're feeling sad. You're feeling like, what's the point? Is it worth mm-hmm. it? Can I really keep doing this? And talk about the reality where we are now, Angel. Like, like yeah. we're young adults. We're like in our twenties. I think you're closer to your thirties. I'm just kidding. Oh are you? God. I think you I are. Am. I really am. I am officially at the. It's funny because I, I I tell people that I'm like I'm closer to I'm closer to thirty. I'm twenty. Yeah. Uh, but I, I group every I group every decade by three years. So like you know 20 22 you're in your early 20s 23 26 mid and now I'm 27 so 27 29 I'm like you know at the beginning of this episode when I said I'm connecting with my old friend I really meant it like based on your age I'm just kidding like no no I'm just kidding I it's funny because I I do feel older it's kind of crazy I can't I can't stay out late no more I'll go to okay get this i'll go out to a bar and i'll have like three drinks and like i like dark liquor like whiskey right i have three drinks and the next day i'm like dehydrated i'm tired I'm like what the hell like i've had three drinks i was in college I was like, knocking them back. I 
Dude, do you remember the time I think uh we I I was uh what was it? I don't even think I borrowed a fake. Like I think it was you, me, my new roommate, and I think it was oh, yeah. us three. And that yeah. was my first time going to a bar, and I'm like, sure, I don't even know what this is, but I'll go. Dude, you were, we got you so drunk. Even of age. I know you I wasn't. Even of age. <laughs> I wasn't. And we oh, just went and hung out. And I don't know how I got away with it, but I did. And we had like a really fun time. So yeah, I remember our college like, drinking days. Uh, but yeah, talking about the reality, when it gets <laughs> to like, you're a full on adult by now. And yeah. Oh, yeah. talking about the experiences that lead us to feel those ways. Like, I feel like a lot of the stressors, right, that, that make us feel that way. Talk about finances like i feel a lot of people yeah and i think males for the most part as you're talking about being for the providers a lot of people were hit with not having a job for the majority of covid yeah, still they're definitely. trying to get back on their feet how much does mm-hmm. finances affect your oh, mental so state much. so much so much and, and that's one of the things as well and especially like with men you know quote-unquote supposed to be the provider and have you know backup and everything uh it's tough and you know luckily i i had a i had a job for most of covid and literally uh when was it in march uh i knew since february that they're gonna get rid of our position so they gave us like a month i'm like oh man like what do i do so i started applying for jobs and you know that just added more stress and i and i was frustrated and and um you know just applying for jobs is so frustrating because you you and i think one of the most frustrating parts is you find a position and you read the description and it sounds perfect for you you know you do a great job you know you're gonna kill it like you're just like I just need to like get I just need to get the interview. I'm they just need to see boom. me, and they're gonna love. Yes, me. exactly. Yes. But it, it sucks that you know going through all that during the application. Like an application doesn't take like five minutes. You know, it'll take an hour sometimes. Uh, you know, depending on what what they require and what position it is. But um, you know that that's just that's just on a whole nother level and on top of that i i i got lucky because i was looking for a job i knew my my job was gonna end and Susie's friend or roommate cool cool girl maddie madeline chang love her to death she uh i hung out with Susie and i was you know just kind of hanging out venting we're listening to music and Maddie, you know, was like, hey, like, how are you doing? How's work? And I kind of, you know, told her what's happening. She told me, hey, we're we're hiring at my job um, if you want to go ahead and apply. And that's where I'm at right now. I landed the job. But like, I, I think in a month, I, I'm not going to even lie. I probably did between 100 to 150 applications. Like, it, and I, I got called like three times, maybe. Like, oh it is so crazy. And, and, um, I didn't tell you this, but like I'm 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 going through a breakup right now and it's it's been really fucking tough. Real tough. Two years. Um and th- I, I think all of it just kind of added up and uh you know applying for a job and then we had talked about like her moving out here. Uh because she she lives in Little Rock, Arkansas right now. Um she went out there, did her master's, just graduated uh, this past May. And we talked about um, her moving out here. She applied for some jobs and 
like everything like everything just kind of added up like i don't have a job we're talking about her moving out here like what are we gonna do my place is small i don't have money to like you know uh, uh get a bigger place or move or you know whatever and help her out and it, it's just like everything adds up and it's frustrating um but you know luckily i like i said i i, I landed that job and i was happy don't get me wrong i, I love what i'm doing right now i love it. it i'm busy i'm you know focused on it and i, I like it um but then once I landed the job, I'm like, okay, well, um, I'm like, I don't want to make any big decisions or, or uh, commitments. Or to, exactly. Because what if I, what if I'm not good at it? Or what if they don't like me? What if they let me go? Like, and now like in the back of my mind, I had this job and I was happy about it, but now I'm wearing like, what if I'm not good at it and they don't like me and then they fire me. And you're back in the same position back again. in the same place. Um, and like now, like, you know, my ex talking about moving out here and everything, like, I'm, it's just this whole, you know, frustration and anxiety and, uh, it sucks. But, um, I think, like I said, you gotta feel, you gotta feel your feelings and know they're there, acknowledge them and just kind of like, you know, you gotta do something about it and something that I've never done before and I'm doing now is I'm, I'm seeing a therapist, like I'm talking to someone saying about, you know, we, we were able to, uh, I got commitment issues. I've always had commitment issues. Like things are going perfect. And then from one day to the next, I'm like, nah, and like break up with someone. And unfortunately, like, you know, I, I did that with uh, my last girlfriend and like, it's, not what I wanted to do. And, you know, I've tried to talk to her about it and everything, but she's like, I can't get back with you until like, I know things are going to be different. Like I know right now things aren't going to change. So I'm not, you know, going to jump back in there. And like I said, it's been tough and it's hard. Um, and originally I was, I went to therapy, um, for her but now i've transitioned like i'm not doing this for her i'm doing this for me because i i gotta deal with my demons i gotta battle with my demons i gotta you know uh figure out why i do what i do and you know i encourage everybody like to do therapy you know and it's a great way to talk to someone and uh not be judged on you know the decisions you you know you make and and i think that's um that's one thing that I, I think us as human beings were embarrassed about the things we do. We're embarrassed, you know, shame. Oh, I just watched the new American horror stories episode thing. And, no, and like the girl, no, no, I'm not going to spoil it. It's not going to spoil anything. It's not going <laughs> to spoil anything, but there's this girl, there's this girl, she's in her class or whatever. And they're like, what are we afraid of or whatever? And I think she's like, we're afraid of shame. Like, we don't want to feel shame. I think that's, you know, she goes on to explain how that's one of the the worst. Yeah, everything. And, and it's true, though, like, we're, we're not afraid. uh, We're, we're afraid of being embarrassed, shamed, publicly shamed by others, Mm -hmm. being judged, like, you know, you, that that's where our fears come from of, you know, I'm sure like when you met you're going to meet Eddie's parents for the first time. You were scared and you're like, well, what are they going to think about me? Like, what do they don't like me? And it, it, it's stuff like that, you know, it just kind of adds up. And um, 
which is normal a lot of people go yeah. through similar fears and a lot of people like i feel like a lot of these fears are rational a lot of them are mm-hmm. irrational as far as like okay you just have to get through them because once you go through that experience like mm-hmm. you go through on the other side and you're like oh everything's fine yeah no definitely and and like i said um a, a therapist is i think is a great it's and i think the best way to really get through what you're going and even therapists need therapists like like uh my sister's best friend giselle uh the girl that lives out here in austin her and i are really close and we talk about everything she's one of my support system um she is a uh a therapist for for uh adolescents specifically like abused and suicidal adolescents so that's tough and one of her one of her first clients that she had and was like meeting up with on a weekly basis and everything unfortunately she committed suicide and that really stuck with her I mean it stuck with anyone and her being a therapist like she felt like I didn't do my job well I didn't I didn't you know I'm terrible at this like I could I have done something to prevent this and everything and and like to this day she's going to therapy like she she's been going to therapy for like four years now like every other week two times a month so it's it's normal and I, I don't you know it sucks that people give it this like negative image of like oh like why are you gonna go talk about your feelings it's like there's no point like no it definitely is a point like it helps you out and it helps you figure out who you are what you're going through and that's definitely like something that's helped me and you know, a lot of my commitment issues, I can easily now track down to uh, my parents' relationship. I I, I never, yeah, exactly, definitely. And um, my parents and I never had a good relationship until I got in college. Like, I love my parents, but I, I'm not going to lie, up until college, I hated my parents. Like, our relationship was not great at all. Uh, I love who my parents are now. I love who they've become. I love how much they've grown. And like, you know, it sucks that it, it took up until college. And like, I don't have that bond with my parents. Like I'm building it little by little, but I've never been able to go, go up to them and talk about situations or I'm feeling or like what's, you know, frustrating. And for the first time during COVID, I was able to do that uh, when, you know, Hector called me and everything, I called my mom and I cried. Like that was the first time in my whole life that I've been able to go up to her and, you know, kind of like just unload my feelings and, uh, just talk about, you know, things. And, you know, it, it like I said, it sucks, but, uh, How did that feel for you? Like just going through that, breaking that moment down, right? Like getting yeah. all this, therapy that you're going through and again it's all good stuff because you get the opportunity to break free from a lot of things that you've Mm -hmm. been going through and finally decompress and you start it's like how did trick say it i'm an onion right and you're like yeah taking each piece of the layer of this onion like breaking it (laughs) apart but like at the same time acting on it right because it's one thing for someone to tell you during a therapy session you need to do this and you need to do that and how do you feel about this but then actually acknowledging the fact like, oh, shit, yeah. I'm doing this. How did yeah. that feel for you? Like breaking down to your mom over the phone. Did you realize um, like, oh, shit, this is happening? Yeah. So it's crazy um, because I didn't realize what I had just kind of 
done i didn't know that that was the first like i didn't realize at the time that that was the first time that i like opened up to my mom about what i'm feeling and it, and like yeah granted it was only like i'm scared for my friend you know he's gonna die or whatever and like my mom was there and listened to me and was there and helped me out helped my friend out and i didn't think about it until like i think months later i'm like oh that was like the first time i opened up to my mom and even now like she'll ask me about you know my my ex-girlfriend and be like oh well she's good she's good like i i uh some like it's hard i guess it's if you get me on a good day i'll open up and you know whatever it's still i'm still it's a work in progress i'm still working on opening up to my mom like that or my my parents in general you know um and you know during therapy like we're able to like narrow down that a lot of my commitment issues go down to my childhood because i didn't have a good relationship with my parents and i'm afraid that if i have a family of my own i'm gonna be terrible and i think especially like my dad has always been short fused like he'll get frustrated easily or um he's a lot better now but like growing up like he's so angry all the time and i'm afraid i like to this day i'm afraid of being him you know being like my parents how they were with me growing up like I love my parents now like I said and they're amazing people and they're loving and everything but you know just able to you know talk to someone and be able to figure out why you do what you do and feel what you feel at times and how you deal with situations I think it's very like uh it's so cliche yeah yeah, it's eye-opening but and it's so cliche but like it literally feels like uh like weight has been lifted off my shoulders I'm like all right, this feels good. I don't have to worry about this. I know, you know, I don't, you know, I I don't know. Like, it's just, it feels good. Yeah. And I've said it before, like, once you release that information, like mm -hmm. you're releasing it out to the world, whatever they do with that information, at least they know. And like, they can't say, oh, well, I didn't know you felt that way because now that's not an excuse, right? You've opened Mm -hmm. up that like Pandora box of like feelings and emotions and everything that you're going through Mm -hmm. to open up that space and sometimes people won't react to you like you're expecting them to let's talk about that like it's funny how angel if i tell you man like i feel like i want to die and you're like yeah me too like that's the most common response that you get every single time damn i'm having a bad day oh me too you know like you don't take the time to acknowledge and unpack what somebody else is going through and the reaction that you're expecting from someone when you're breaking down and going to them it's like let me talk to me what how does that feel or you're expecting that therapist from a friend Mm -hmm. or from someone that you're going to so how has that reaction been when you Um, do have those moments is it what you've expected um no i i think it's more uh there's definitely been times where like i said i try to open up to people and try to talk to them about certain things and like you said the most common response is like i am having a bad day i feel sad i'm feeling gloomy like people always dismiss it always they're like oh yeah well me too i'm like oh you know it's rainy so it's the weather or, or whatever you know people are very dismissive but i i think people need to take the time to actually be like well, you know what we did in in college like, are you okay like literally just ask like are you okay like what are you going through and they will be like people just want to get asked and people for the most part they mention that you know they're sad or anything um they'll open up they'll mention they're mentioning it because they want you to ask about it and um 
I think it's been not disappointing, but it bums me out that I'll bring it up to someone or I'll bring something up to a certain person and they start talking about themselves. I'm like, I get, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to talk about me, man, you know, <laughs> and, and it sucks, but um, there's no, there's no response. good or bad response. Yeah. Right? There, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no certain response that I'm looking for. It's just like, I want to tell someone about something and, you know, we don't control how people uh, respond. Um, but it, it is frustrating for sure. Especially like, I think I think especially when you're going to you're going up to people that you're close with, like I did with my best friend. At first, he was very dismissive, but now like I can I know I can talk to him and be like, "Yo, I'm going through this, this, this. This is what I'm feeling," and like he'll listen to me. He won't. A lot of the times, what we need is someone to listen to us and not give us like, "Oh, you should do this or you should do that." Like we don't we don't need that at times, you know, like. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'm venting for the most part and I'm telling you how I feel, you know, and just hearing me out. So I don't think I, I, I guess people have responded exactly how I, how I thought they respond, you know, like, you know, you get some people who will be talk to you about it. And some people are going to talk about themselves and some people are going to be dismissive. So. Yeah. But, One thing that I know that as a female, <laughs> right, like different from what you're telling me, like, the reaction you get from someone when you're telling them, Hey, this is going, this is something that I'm going through. I've experienced it as a female and any mm-hmm. female, you know, uh, yeah. listeners out there. I, I swear, I bet they can relate with like, you have a little like, um, venting session. You're like upset about something. Mm-hmm. And the most immediate thing that people are saying, Oh, she's on her period. Oh, oh that is, it's that time of the that month. Is, yeah. <laughs> that is so that is frustrating the, that is one of so first of all that's one of the most demeaning things anyone can really say to any like anybody girl male whatever but specifically like oh you're on your period so it's fine like oh, oh like even if she is or not like her feelings are her feelings are like, valid you know? <laughs> exactly exactly and as you're telling me like you can't control how other people respond. And yes, some people are like, they're trying to relate, right? So they they tell you a story relating to your story, but then that takes away the focus from what you were initially yeah. like, you're crying for help. And so yeah. again, as a female, when I'm talking about like, when you're opening up to someone and then they come yeah. at you with like, oh, it's that time of the month, huh? And I'm like, God. excuse me? <laughs> like, I'm going to talk at that point. I don't even want to talk to you. You're not even worth yeah. what I have to say, because no, that's not it's not okay mm-hmm. first of all it's not okay period. no no not at all so and no pun intended in, in that yeah, period thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no <laughs> but no definitely and and that's uh i think um uh I, I know i'm out here like preaching like men's mental health and everything but like there's a lot of things myself as well that i do that are like how do I say like, like with my ex, Oh, I, I learned so much. I learned really like with her, I've learned communication. I've learned anything like with her, I was very dismissive of her feelings. And I like with her, I've grown and like learned so much throughout the relationship we had. And I learned just sit down. like with her, she likes me to sit down and she's just venting and telling me you know this is what happened at work this is what's pissing me off this and that whatever and i'm just like 
okay, like, don't say anything. Like, let her vent. And and I was I used to be the type of person that, you know, as they're telling me something, well, what about this and this? And, well, have you tried this? Or why don't you just do this? Like, you know, and it, like I said, it's a learning process. And I don't, I don't think people know how to deal with, you know, listening or dealing with emotions. And I, I think that's why, like, you know, they, they've never dealt with emotions for themselves and don't know how to handle other people. Either. Like, how, it's kind of like that saying, like, how am I going to love someone if I can't love myself? It's the same thing. How am I going to help someone if I can't deal with my own feelings or acknowledge them kind of thing, you know? But just taking the time to have a conversation like this, right? And yeah. when we're talking about growth, I mean, obviously we're still growing every single day. Like you're talking about like mm-hmm. this relationship teaching you so many things. And oh, that's yeah. the only way that we're going to grow by exploring new ideas, meeting new people, going through different life mm-hmm. events altogether. Because if we stay like the way we are now, obviously we're never going to be exposed mm-hmm. to those things. And so growth comes with a lot of pain, right? A lot of pain oh, of yeah, not definitely. understanding, a lot of pain of um, frustrated feelings. And when you're talking mm-hmm. about communication, I mean, what you just described to me sounds like, uh, what is it called? The the five languages of love. Like that yeah. is a topic that I would love to cover at some point on the podcast oh, about yeah, definitely. relationships <laughs> and how yeah. one person has this language, this other person has this other mm-hmm. language. How do you come together to have those uh, you know conversations and really express your feelings mm-hmm. understanding listening i mm-hmm. think words of affection that means something to someone but it yeah. not means something to another person so mm-hmm. all of this adds exactly. on again to the stress and anxiety if i go Everything. to eddie and eddie's not hearing me i'm like he doesn't love me you know but no it's just <laughs> that we have different things and so when we're it's talking different about ways of communicating health, yeah yeah and so just bringing it back to mental health everyone has their own way of expressing what they're going Mm -hmm. through and I think it's important for us to really recognize those signs right Mm -hmm. whether it's verbal signs whether it's physical signs like noticing someone losing weight I mean yes Mm -hmm. and that's I mean they're losing weight but sometimes it can be extreme loss of weight sometimes it can Mm -hmm. be extreme gain of weight and yeah you're talking about the different signs that males specifically it's hard to, it's, I think, like you said, it's harder to recognize certain things in males because mm-hmm. you're used to them always being strong. And dude, how many times, or were you ever told like, los hombres no lloran growing up? No, oh, all the time. We're told. Oh, definitely. All the damn time. Yeah. So much. Even to this day, like, oh, men don't cry. Do you like rely? <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure they do but you know what and surprisingly <laughs> to my point like again everyone's own experiences into like their yeah. own like way of being brought up in life that relates how they they express these emotions and mm-hmm. unfortunately for our culture and in the Hispanic community a lot of it is through macho culture or machismo, as you described earlier. And what we're trying to get away from is breaking those cycles, breaking Mm -hmm. those things that are happening. I mean, you're talking about your dad, your grandpa, probably generations beyond you. And you're now at 30, almost 30, learning for the first time (laughs) what it's like to be in therapy and speaking about mental health. Like that's a whole breakthrough. For not only your family but your generation angel like once yeah. you become a dad you already like gonna be a better person for that kid mm-hmm. because you're taking the time to go through your own traumas you're taking mm-hmm. the time to go through your own struggles so that by the time you're a dad you're you're not mm-hmm. unpacking all of this on your child 
definitely crazy. yeah and and just like you said like you know we it, it goes back it can go back generations it can go back to family and like for me it, it's just growing up like in this machismo you know culture and there's this uh little quote that my my old roommate Aaron shout out Aaron if you're listening <laughs> uh him and I used to be roommates out here uh he's the other my roommate that got sick and got COVID too but anyways he uh he to this day he says this quote that he got from Will Smith so Will Smith said it, I guess <laughs> but it's um it's not your fault it's not your fault what happened to you it's not your fault your parents abuse you whatever the case is it's not your fault but it is your responsibility to do something about it and and like it it, it really did hit me uh, especially during my breakup I'm like I'm like, all right, well, you know, it is what it is. I'm going through this. I can, I took, I took two weeks to be sad. And I mean, you know, sad, sadness comes and goes, but I took two weeks to be sad about it. And I'm like, all right, let's do something about it. Like, what am I going to do? And it's just, you know, figuring out, talking about it, going to therapy, whatever the case is, um, you know, it's your responsibility to do something about it and grow from it and better yourself, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable sometimes because you have to yeah, be comfortable definitely. with the uncomfortable. Because again, sometimes for, mm-hmm. for a male, like you you yeah. explained, having to talk about your feelings and emotions, mm-hmm. it's like un like walk through mm-hmm. territory or what is it called? Um there's a uncharted, word again. Uncharted, uncharted territory. Yeah. Uncharted territory. Definitely. And that can be again so yeah. intimidating. Therapy itself is intimidating. Yeah. And just trying it out for the first time again i think right now because we're going virtual we have the ability this podcast mm-hmm. is therapeutic like when i tell you Definitely. how therapeutic this is not only to connect with old friends like you and like mm-hmm. hey angel like i get to see your face yeah. on camera like it feels it so good is. i've gotten a high from literally recording episodes connecting with people hearing yeah. what you guys are doing and everything that is already like my therapy session for the day mm-hmm. right and mind you, that's not personally like going through my own things, but like just taking the time to connect with other people and just hearing about what's going on with you. It's yeah. very uplifting and inspiring. So therapy doesn't have to be a face to face. I need mm-hmm. to be in your chair. It's funny how like mm-hmm. social media portrays therapy that way, right? Like you see yeah. yourself laying down in the couch, the yeah. therapist yeah. is <laughs> writing, like that's not it. Therapy can yeah. be just this right now. You and I talking, <laughs> having this conversation, you can have therapy with your friends. Obviously, you, mm-hmm. if you want to seek professional therapy, that's, you know, yeah, you have to no. that. but just having conversation like this, like conversations like Definitely. this, that's, that's, that's just all it takes. And now that we have virtual options, like who knew we can have telehealth, right? Like you can find yeah. a mental health provider, a lot of uh, yeah. employers, I work in human resources, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't know about, mm-hmm. how to get resources to counseling, how to Definitely. get resources to where you can find. People always think mm-hmm. that's going to cost me money. It's going to be, and mm-hmm. it is expensive. I feel like mm-hmm. when I was, I graduated in psychology, right? And when they're telling you, oh, if you become a mental health counselor, like you mm-hmm. can charge up to you, you charge your own rates. So yeah, definitely. I was looking into it like $100 an hour where I'm just like, whoa. Can someone really afford that? Like how? And people do. Unfortunately, that's the first thing you think of when you think therapy. It's like money, right? Like Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. much is that going to be? And a hundred dollars an hour per session is a lot. And mind you, I don't know if that's the actual yeah. rate, but you know, averaging it's a lot. And, and I think a lot yeah. of people don't try to seek help or resources because they mm-hmm. try to like the time, the, the, mm-hmm. how much it's going to take from them and, and money too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I work in human resources and we have a program and I'm pretty sure a lot of companies do. um, It's called an employee assistance program and they Mm -hmm, have free resources. You can get free counseling sessions as an Mm -hmm. employee that that can go towards you and your family. So if you have any issues that you want to talk about with a professional, you have the ability to call and it it can be a Mm -hmm. hotline. It can be a Mm -hmm. number you get an access to a professional that can assist you with anything. Have you heard of programs like this? Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I jotted some down and you like, like shout them out and like give them the numbers and everything. But like, I want to go back to what you said uh, about like, you know, therapy can also be just like, like you and I hanging out. Like, I feel like I'm going through a session with my therapist, just explaining everything I felt, what I'm going through and everything. And uh, what I love, is um my my best friend so he's stationed out in uh in Rammstein Germany now in the Air Force out there and our other friend he's in uh Portland Oregon well right outside of Portland but he's in Oregon so we're on different time zones but the only time we have available to our therapy session is funny we will play Xbox we're all on the microphones and we'll play Call of Duty for like an hour, two hours, like on the weekends or sometimes during the week if we have time. But like we're on there and people, you know, people think of gaming as like, you know, just shit talking and doing this and then just playing. But like we're talking about like, oh, I went to therapy today. Like, well, what they tell you? And we're like playing. We're like we're we're talking about these serious issues and things he he's going through, too, because his his marriage, you know, um, you know, took some hits too, because he was during COVID for like a year and a half, he was in a different country and his wife couldn't join him because of COVID. So he was separated. Like he went through training, was home for like two, three months, and then had to go again for a year and a half. And now they're together. So they've been apart. They were apart for like almost two years. And like, yeah, they were talking and FaceTiming things, but like, it's not the same. Like, you, you, you know, so they're, you know, we talk about everything and uh, we sit down and we'll be like, oh, today I went, you know, I went and my therapist told me, oh, we got a camera over here, like East 25, East 25. And, you know, the therapist told me this is that, you know, so like we're talking about <laughs> it, but we're playing at the same time. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one way, you know, of looking at therapy. And another thing, like, like you said, there's a lot of free resources to uh, reach out. And especially like this day and age, like a lot of web therapists and uh, hotlines and texting, and like they're free they're free resources and the therapist i go to it's 30 dollars a session i go twice a month but um the way i see it because i got insurance and things it covers most part but i pay well 27 dollars. but i see as i spend more than 27 dollars a night if i go out to the bar on the weekend like i'm okay with sacrificing a night or even if like if I, I can still go out with my friends, I'll have a beer too. But I'm like live myself. I'm not trying to like have three, four, five, six drinks. That's how I justify. I'm like, well, I spend more at a bar, so I'm okay with spending this on myself. You know, so 
and I know money is an issue with a lot of people, but like you said, free resources. And I got, I got some here. So obviously the, the, the suicide prevention line, I think that's the most important one. Uh, you know, obviously 1-800-273-8255. And then they also text. So you don't even have to call them now. Like you can text them. So all you got to do is text uh, talk at 741-741 and you can talk to them. And then another one that I like, and it's off of this, uh, this website, it's called call to text. So it's, uh, it's 508-532-2255, or you can text them, C, uh, just text them C2T741741. Like you just send that and, you know, they have, you know, on the website, a lot of people, a lot of like men get embarrassed as, uh, as well about doing research and like, you know, figuring out what's wrong or how to go. And like this, like, this website is so user-friendly. I love you. Go to the main page and you say like, it has all these things that you can click like um, anxiety, uh, military, uh, PTSD, whatever the case, you know, what you're suffering, what you think you're suffering, what you want to explore. And like, it'll give you all these options and then you can put like your zip code and it'll like uh, bring up options around you locally and everything. So, but there's not just locally, there's like nationally, um there's also like uh how do i say like chapters so they're kind of like uh like uh organizations yeah exactly like fraternities organizations and they'll like hang out and uh go play soccer or just hang out have a beer just go hang out whatever yeah yeah. it's just you know right now it's a little tough but um definitely there are those options so it's really cool that there are all these resources and I love it. So <laughs> thank you for sharing. And to yeah. anyone listening that was probably driving or like they couldn't get the pencil Whatever. like quick <laughs> enough because we're saying yeah. the numbers, I'll be sharing it in the episode. So when you go to the episode, uh, you'll see the numbers, the website, um, you'll see a lot of the information that we're sharing. So you guys can definitely mm-hmm. check this out. Thank you, Angel, for sharing. I, I know you did yeah. your homework um, in bringing <laughs> all of this um, yeah. you know, awesome information and, mm-hmm. and sharing all these uh, links and phone numbers. So I greatly appreciate it. Now, wrapping sure. up um, the yeah. time that we have here together, uh, definitely looking forward to bringing you back to more episodes. I think yeah. we could just break down <laughs> everything that we've been through. Everything. Like There's so <laughs> many stories, like our story time series, right? Like there's so many stories that we could just unpack and Unfortunately, yeah. you know, the, at the, the time that we have to record yeah. one episode is not enough to cover everything. So everything, I definitely yeah. want to have you back to go through mm-hmm. so many more stories, go through so much more definitely. information, personal, about college, about life, about yeah. being in El Paso, about being in Austin, about everything mm-hmm. that we've been going through. So definitely, I can't wait to have you back to another episode. Oh, and yeah, I'm um, as we are, you know, wrapping it up about mental health, mm-hmm. I do want to ask, what does a self-care day look <laughs> self-care for me oh man uh there's a couple things i like to do um keep it pg i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah seriously no um i think uh the most important for i don't i don't know if you knew this uh but i i uh i've had a i've been riding a motorcycle i bought harley last year uh yeah dude i hope you're being safe like i'm scared like you're talking about being a risk taker like dude wear (laughs) a helmet (laughs) oh definitely like i don't leave anywhere without my helmet gloves like you got to wear the the protective gear like you know um but 
it, it's crazy. The, the reason I, I started riding was I've always been curious about riding a motorcycle and I always wanted to do it. But I was like, I always thought that thing's scary. I can die, you know, whatever. But then after my sister's death, once I came to turn with like her death and was okay with, you know, like, okay, well, not okay with her passing, but I was, I accepted it. I accepted that she had passed and like, you know, um, you know, got to move on. And, uh, you know, just that, that's really what pushed me to buy the motorcycle that I was, I was like, well, I can literally go to sleep and not wake up, you know? So I, I want to buy this motorcycle because I've always been curious. I think they're cool. And like, I can die in a motorcycle or I can even die in my sleep. So it's like, not that I want any of them, you know, <laughs> but like it, it can happen. Reality. Really, it's the yeah, reality. Exactly. So I, I'd rather buy a motorcycle and um, I guess overall I'm, I'm okay with death in any way, shape or form, whichever way it comes. I don't want it, but we all go through it. Uh, and it can happen from one moment to the next. But yeah, I go uh, self-care. I, I go on my motorcycle. I'll ride out to like uh, this thing I do is barbecue. Central Texas is the capital for Texas barbecue, smoke barbecue. So I will ride out an hour, an hour and a half on my Harley um, just to eat like at a small barbecue joint or whatever. Eat and then ride back or like look around the town or whatever. And that is one thing I do when I got time, especially on the weekends. But if it's during the week and I'm frustrated and I know I got to like do a little bit of uh, self-care, I'll go to the batting cages and I'm just there like hitting balls, hitting balls. And, um, you know, just doing that, going going outside, kayaking out here in Austin. Like I love kayaking. I'm out on the river. I have my own kayak. You know, there's there's a, a lot of things. Those three things are the main ones I do. Motorcycle, baseball, kayaking. So that's cool. So, that's yeah. cool. So yeah, definitely. So good, good, uh <laughs> and, and awesome. I mean, I'm so jealous to hear that you get to go kayaking whenever you want to in Austin. <laughs> I swear, I keep TikTok. I'm like, I'm not watching TikTok anymore because all I see is like places to go in Texas and Austin, Austin has the best Austin. places. And you go to like Lake Travis and you go to this. I keep sending these to Susie. Like, are we doing this or no? But again, yeah. it's always fun to make plans, but really like, can you really do this? You know, like me yeah. being in Dallas, I mean, it's only what an hour and a half away from Austin. Uh, no, it's about three. Oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah yeah. yeah we went to where did we go it was an hour and a half an hour 45 we went to like waco, waco temple yes yeah. we went to waco and i was gonna meet up with Susie in waco but we we didn't mm. happen but definitely planning a trip to austin yeah. soon um yeah let me know catching you guys over fun. there and yeah we went to sixth street uh last year and it was oh, just cool. eddie and i so had i known you were in austin i was yeah. probably up <laughs> And I know Susie's now there. Obviously, we're still taking precautions with everything going yeah, on, but yeah. definitely planning to be out there sometime mm-hmm. soon. Um, but yeah, super excited to catch up in yeah. person. And um, again, as we're wrapping up this episode, you definitely gave us a, a mm-hmm. good glimpse of what it's like mm-hmm. to definitely go through so many life transitions, mm-hmm. uh, both good and bad. When you're talking about like mm-hmm. graduating, you're like at the high, like, dude, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's over going through the same things of like at the same time you're getting hit with what happened with your sister and at the time Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that Mm -hmm. that happened I know Mm -hmm. it it was a hard moment for you and again the way that you dealt 
the way that you dealt and, and got through it was the best way you could have done it at that time. So looking back and thinking, I didn't know how to process, I didn't know how to grieve and that's okay and that's valid because at the end, you're now looking back and thank you for sharing so much of that. Of course. Because again, it, it's, it's hard for us people looking from the outside in to really realize, oh shoot, you were going through that at, during all of that? Like, wow, like again, just admiring that ability of like still standing up, still being able to smile um, because we took pictures for minor ambassadors during that time. Like yeah. we were out there dressing up, we were having dinners, we were uh, being I mean, involved in so many yeah. things. And at the same time, you're dealing with all of these things. And I'm like, I would have never imagined until you're mm-hmm. now sharing. Thank you so much for, <laughs> of course. for talk, you know, going through, th- you know, us and, and sharing those experiences with us as we went through your episode you definitely give us resources you definitely yeah. give us a little bit more of like the science and definitely for me you gave me that male perspective that a lot of the times yeah. it's so hard to recognize and it's so easy to dismiss because mm-hmm. as a male it's kind of expected for you to be strong for you to be keeping it together all the time for you to and a a female not to you know but from my own experience people expect you to be weak or like emotional sentimental like those Mm -hmm. adjectives go with the female and not with the male and so kind of like bringing bring it all together with the male perspective of mental health and of course we couldn't cover everything and I hope we did a good job (laughs) at really introducing the topic I think that's what we did we introduced the topic making it okay to talk about it right normalizing therapy normalizing the feelings that you're going through validating everything that you may be going through that somebody else mm-hmm. is going through and i hope that when people listen to this episode really my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway from your experience was check in on each other check in definitely. on someone i mean definitely i think good or bad regardless if you know someone who is going through something if you know someone that you haven't connected with in a long time mm-hmm. to saying hey how is everything going are you okay and if that's yeah, all you yeah. wanted to do and just reconnect great you mm-hmm. got through that also you never know what people are going through behind mm-hmm. closed doors so taking the Definitely. opportunity to say not only acknowledging like i'm here mm-hmm. for you but also thanking other people for inspiring you. Mm-hmm. If somebody, if you found this episode inspiring, if you found it like it was a good starter to a conversation that we can further on later on, let us know. Let somebody know that's inspiring you to keep going. If it's someone on social media, if it's someone on, mm-hmm. on you know, like a neighbor, if it's your your friend, your, your sibling, let them know, hey, thank you for what you're doing because it's really pushing me to keep going. And so I Definitely. thank you. I'm, I'm saying that. Yeah, of course. I want to thank you, Angel, again, <laughs> coming to me with this topic and coming to yeah. me with this story. Again, it's hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. And and it definitely, I can imagine the things that we discussed mm-hmm. were really sensitive and, and mm-hmm. very deep, but at the same time, they're important. And so I thank you for inspiring yeah. me to continue on with with these episodes and these topics and featuring stories because that's what we're all about so definitely you inspired me today i yeah. love seeing your tattoos <laughs> i love hearing <laughs> your voice because i haven't heard it in a long time and it's been uh, so long yeah yeah super excited to uh, yeah. uh, reconnect and uh before i let you go i mean what's the overall message you want definitely. to leave us with? um yeah i i think there's so much but what I really want to tell people is, um, you know, no matter what you're going through, uh, like things do get better. And like, 
it's not going to be the only time you're going to go through a, a rough patch or a bump in the road. Like, I promise you, there will be more down the road, but it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, have a, have a support system. For, like, I think that's the most important part. And, um, you know, sometimes your, your friends are, are as open, but I think they are, if you sit down and be real with them, be real about what you're feeling, be real about what you're going through. That's what I got. We play Xbox and everything. And it, it really helps having that support system for sure. And, uh, like I said, no matter what you're going through, um, you know, it, it's, it's your responsibility to, you know, uh, work at it and, you know, figure out why you're going through or why you're feeling what you're feeling and then go from there. And, uh, you know, especially like I see a lot of uh, um, like married men and men in just relationships uh, and even like gay relationships, like everybody kind of goes through struggle and, uh, you know, be open with your partner, have that open communication and uh, not necessarily you don't have they don't have to necessarily be your go to person. It could be your best friend or whatever, but uh you know, let them in and let them know what's going on and be open. So, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. So like I said it in this intro, this episode and this uh, story time series and, and this mm-hmm. platform is dedicated to being open and honest about everyday life, definitely. right? In hopes to motivate and inspire each other. So I hope mm-hmm. we accomplish this today to everyone yeah. listening and staying tuned in tune with us through this whole hour and a half. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. I uh, greatly you. appreciate your time and um, you'll get to meet Angel through pictures. Um, if you haven't yet checked us out on Instagram by this time, we would have shared your, your pictures. Um, hopefully yeah. again, continuing to have you as a guest and in, in other episodes with other yeah. topics and uh, super excited. Um, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Everyone have a great night. Angel, uh, yeah. thank you. See you soon. Yeah, and, of course. Um, we'll see you again next yeah. time on another episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye.